Welcome to Unite Immigrant Families. I'm Rosemary Vega, an immigration attorney with over 20 years of experience uniting and keeping families together. If you are looking for immigration information, stick around and listen to me and my fellow immigration attorneys as we discuss what's new and debunk myths. Please note, this is not legal advice and no legal advice will be given on this podcast. And welcome to Unite Immigrant Families. Today, we have my really good friend and esteemed immigration attorney, Magali Candler. And today, we're going to talk about DACA and its future. Hi, Magali. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Great. So today, we're going to talk about DACA. And DACA has had a long and complicated history. Very confusing. So let's just talk. Get, give our listeners a little brief summary of this history. So one of the questions I want to ask you first is, when did DACA start? It started on June 15th of 2012. I was at a federal uh, conference. I was at a continuing legal education conference, and they actually brought out a huge screen so we could see the announcement. And oh, that's wow. when it was announced. Yes. That's awesome. It was. It was really exciting. Yeah. It was an immigration law conference. Yeah. So the room was it just exploded with, with cheers applause. and applause. Awesome. Yeah. It was really awesome. nice. Yeah. And can you tell me how it started? Okay, well, and I'll say, just in case, for those that don't know, it is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, because we keep saying DACA, and just in case, so they know. And the way it started was, it was supposed to be a way to allow children that were brought by their parents illegally or as overstays, and it was a way to allow them to at least get an employment authorization document. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't a law. It was, oh, I see what you're asking too. It was not even an executive, um, what is it when they call it? It's the executive order. It wasn't even that. It was an executive action. It was like just an announcement by the president. So it wasn't anything that official, actually. It was just Mm -hmm. something that they were going to come up with rules and say that children who had been brought by their parents before they were 16 and before uh, June 15th of 2007, and they had to be under 31 when they applied, um, were going to be able to apply and get a work permit. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And so if it wasn't an executive order uh, or anything given by Congress... Yeah, it wasn't I'm, a law, that's right. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people and maybe states that didn't really like DACA coming out. Right, right. I mean, it's unfortunate because actually I thought everybody would be excited about young people who were brought here without their knowledge. We're talking, many of them were brought even as babies in people's arms. So I thought it would be kind of what they call a no-brainer that everybody would say, yay, let's let those, let's let those students get their work permits. You know, one of the rules was that you had to be a high school graduate or vocational school graduate or be in the military or have a GED. I mean, who doesn't want these people to be able to work? But yes, you're right. Uh, The state of Texas led the charge, unfortunately. Right. And, and other states joined in saying, right. no, this is illegal. It's not a law. It's not even it's not even an executive 
order. It's just nothing. It's unconstitutional. Right. So unfortunately, they were saying that. So I assume that there was many lawsuits surrounding there were. DACA. This is where it's even confusing for me, and I've right. been following it, and I think for you as well. Just looking at the history, it's very convoluted, and yeah. it really gets mixed up, you know. But definitely. For sure. So, you know, it did end up being litigated quite a bit. So could you give us a brief summary okay. of the litigation that surrounds okay. DACA? And I know that's really hard to do because it is so complicated. Yes. But what I'll do, I'll at least stick with DACA yep. and not other weird related lawsuits. So one of the things that happened was that the Trump administration initially said, oh, no, I like those kids. So the president himself said, no, I don't want to hurt them. But then he turns around and on September 5th of 2017, the president uh, Trump of that administration announces no more DACA. That's it. It's over. The program is over. It was just so scary for the young people that had their work permits. And then I represented, and I'm sure you did too, people that had been kind of on the fence or preparing their evidence or had not been even old enough to apply and were getting ready to apply when this happened. Yes. And it was a terrible, terrible time. So then there were lawsuits related to that. It was very, very strange. But then people started suing, saying, wait, what's going to happen to my work permit? And then there started being decisions being made by federal judges saying, okay, if you already had your work permit, we will let you keep your work permit, but we're not going to continue taking new cases, not even accepting them. And we're not going to allow people to get travel documents. Right. I it was remember very sad. that. Yes. It was very hard. It's so, you know, and for me, it's it feels so like just yesterday, but also it was in 2017. So a lot of happened has happened yeah, since then. Yeah. So there were lawsuits then initially saying where a judge said, okay, we will allow, a federal judge said, we will allow people with existing DACA to keep extending it. So that happened. But then the new people, no. And, and I, it was mm -hmm. like that for a while, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was like that. It was terrible. And then in May of 2018, Texas, again, leading the charge with all these other states, sues saying that DACA is illegal. And so this was going back and forth. This is, you know, there have been various ones. There was one called, what is it, the California? Um, the Regents. College, the Regents yeah. of the College of yeah. the University of California mm -hmm. or whatever. So some of these cases have actually made it all the way to the Supreme Court. Right. And what has happened? Okay. So... I had been following these really closely. And if you remember in June of 2020, mm -hmm. it was during the pandemic, I had a lot of clients really excited and calling me because even uh, NPR was reporting that the Supreme Court had actually ruled against the Trump administration and basically said DACA was okay. Now, it wasn't as simple as that. Right. So I kept telling my clients, well, it is good news, but it's not quite that simple. Basically, what the Supreme Court said was they did go against Trump just mm -hmm. ending it, saying, no, you can't do that. You should have followed rules. You should have put it in the federal register. You should have asked people for opinions, for right. their, you know, for their comments, having it open for a commentary period, and then deciding what to do, uh, and then closing it, not yeah. just overnight saying, okay, starting today, no more DACA. They couldn't do that. So yeah. the Supreme Court said you can't do that. So it was still good news but it still wasn't 
exactly them saying, hey, it's constitutional or keep it or whatever. It was kind of saying you all did it wrong. Right. But the good news about that was we all said, well, then we can all keep applying, right? Not only extending people, but then filing for those new people right. that had been ready to go in September of 2017 when Trump stopped it. And it just didn't happen. And, we kept looking every day, remember? Yes. And mm -hmm. they were able to apply for advanced parole again. Oh, and that's it. That's what well, we said they should. But still, we kept looking online. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. We would, and we'd be reporting and emailing and calling each other. Yeah. And we would look at the USCIS website mm -hmm. and nothing. We kept thinking they would say, okay, we're finally, we're now accepting DACA. We're new ready. DACA's. Yeah, we're, we're ready. ready. Right. I don't remember even seeing that. Do you remember them saying that? No. Nothing. It took a lawsuit. It took a lawsuit, another lawsuit, to have them go, okay, we'll start accepting new applications again. We'll start doing yeah. advanced parole again. So that lawsuit did result. It was in the Federal District Court in New York, I think, where one decision yeah, came I, down. I believe that's And correct. the year, when was that? Was that in late 2018? I, I believe it's 2019, no, 2018 was, still? No, I think it was actually... 2020. Oh, wait, wait, of course it's 2020. It's after the Supreme <laughs> Court. Okay, I'm even getting myself confused on this. Goodness. Sorry. There were a lot of other lawsuits back then, but yeah. not this one. Okay, so yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. In 2020, people turn around and say, wait, you said we could do it, but USCIS is not doing anything. Right. Ah, oh, so it took that lawsuit. That's right. Yeah. So sometime in 2020, and I don't remember which date. Do you I, remember the date? No, I want to say it was June because I thought it was in the... No, June was when the Supreme Court decision came out. You're right. June 2020. But when did... And this I so don't remember. So then it had this to have been July. Was it that soon? Then maybe so. I, okay. Maybe honestly, July or August. I don't I would remember. have to look at my notes and don't really want to waste time. <laughs> I do not remember now exactly when after that lawsuit, USCIS said, okay, yeah, the Supreme Court said it shouldn't have been stopped the way it was. Okay, we'll start accepting these applications and the advanced parole. But honestly, I don't remember. Maybe it was as early or as soon as July. Because, yeah. you know, we got this decision in June. June, I wrote it somewhere. I don't remember the date, but it was like mid-June. And we were yeah. all excited about it. I don't know. It's like June 20th or something. I don't know, June 18th. But USCIS did nothing. So what I don't remember, honestly, I don't, is how long USCIS went without accepting these new applications. Right. You know, and so we've been doing it up until, you know, now. And then one of the lawsuits that was filed in 2018, one that was kind of independent of the one that went to the Supreme Court mm -hmm. that was filed by Texas and other states, was also then kind of on a parallel track. Here we are going, yay, we can do new applications. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the state of Texas still pushing and still taking it to a federal judge here in Texas. And the same lawsuit that was filed in May of 2018 now gets heard and the judge you know, listens mm -hmm. to oral arguments, et cetera. We get a decision not that long ago. When was this decision? It was in 2021. And I'm trying to remember yeah. the date. Was it July of 2021? I think it was July. I... We get a decision that all of a sudden says DACA is illegal. DACA is illegal. And so this why I mean, this sent repercussions throughout the country. I was getting phone calls from people from other states. My clients were freaking out. And then we finally get some clarity from USCIS saying, okay, based on this 
permanent injunction. That's what happened. And I do want to say it was July of 2021. It was this year. Yes, it was this year. And it may have been July. I had written it down. I'm pretty sure it was July. And I guess if we look at our timelines, we'll see that that's what happened because we're waiting to see what happens after this permanent injunction. But just so everybody knows, everything is not lost yet at all. What USCIS has said is this. At least they did move quickly on this one. USCIS has said, we will accept new applications, but we won't adjudicate them. You right. can file them. So my clients that were really waiting to really file and the people who had some pending. I have a client who already had an application filed after it was said that we could do new ones right. again, but before this judge in Texas said, no, it's illegal. I'm stopping it. Permanent injunction. So these people at least won't get it returned and we can still file, but immigration is just hanging on to them, right. which is a little, you know, kind of feels weird to me, but I've told my clients, we've got to get it filed because if this permanent injunction gets lifted again, and trust me, there will continue to be litigation, litigation. as we know, then at least my clients and everybody, your clients who had it filed already and it's pending, then I think that we can say they will get adjudicated. They right. will get it. And, you know, if there's ever any new law, I'm hoping that it'll be easier for people to say, look, I filed already. Yeah. So it'll be just accepted that they qualify under any new law that Congress passes. If, if they, if, if, if no, I know, I know, happens. if they do. I will say that as of the time of this taping, um, some proposed legislation didn't make it. Right. It really makes me sad. Right. And yeah. I, I did a podcast. So, and, yes. and that I'm sure podcast you were very is, hopeful when yeah. you did that. Is it kind of, well, no, the pot, uh, the, it was prior, it was, it was just as the Congress said uh, we're not doing. So, oh, the podcast okay. explains that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that's what's happening. I know it's very sad. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm excited for my clients that we can actually still file. It's something, anyway but they're not going to get work permits. My old clients, they will still be able to keep getting work right. permits. So and the, travel state, documents. the state of DACA right now is if you've had DACA and you've been renewing, you mm -hmm. can keep renewing. Right. And you'll get a two-year work permit. That's right, still. And Which is, they call it like a deferred, deferred action. action. But it, it is a work permit under that. Yes. Correct. But if you haven't filed and you qualify, you can apply. <sighs> However... USCIS is just yeah. going to hold that hold on to it. Yeah. And I don't even know if they're going to send us receipts. I don't know. I have a feeling they won't. Um, no, they will probably we get will. I hope so. Because they're going to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to cash those checks right. and they're going to want the filing fees. They are. Yeah. So they're going to, they're going to really, either really frustrating. do they're, but yeah. they're going to hold that application. Yeah, yeah. So until we find out what's going to happen with that injunction. No, no. So it's until we find out what's going to happen with that injunction. So more it's, litigation is yes, on the horizon. We're assuming for. litigation, yes. So, and let's, I want to talk, go back and mm -hmm. talk about what, what DACA really stands for, right? I mean, yes. we've talked about that it's deferred action for childhood arrivals. Mm -hmm. um, and let's, and it's for people who came as children, yes. right? And you had to have been under what age when they arrived, these children arrived? That's a good question. You had to be under 16 right. when they arrived. So under 16 mm -hmm. when they arrived. Right. And what date did they have to arrive? By? They have to have arrived before 
June 15th of 2007. 2007. And that still and stays there. Yes. So imagine this. We mm -hmm. are now June 15th oh of gosh. 2007, mm -hmm. and we are now uh, in 2017. I mean, 2021. Sorry, wow. 2021. No, I know, but it's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. And so that is a long, long time. Right. And they had to have been under a certain age. Mm -hmm. At the time of filing. And At that, the time of filing. That hasn't changed. And they so, had to be under 30, or is it 31? It had to be under 31 as of June 15th of 2012. So we still have people now that yeah. would have qualified, and those are the ones that can apply but not get adjudicated. So it's really sad. There were people that could have applied before Trump made that announcement in September of 2017, but they were just afraid or whatever yeah. held them. So the only people who can really apply are the people who would have qualified then. There hasn't been a movement. Right. You know, there's been talk of it. There were memos. They didn't go anywhere. But there's been talk about expanding it and letting others, right. people who might have been older than 31, do it or maybe moving that date. But it, it just hasn't. Right. And so... um and you the these people who are applying they need to have been physically present in the united states on what date they had to have been in the united states as of june 15th of 2007 right and they and have, have to prove and they also even now that they've lived here the continuous time since then. and they also have to prove that they were physically present in the united states oh, oh, on, on june, june 15th 2012 yes, yes. Yeah. it's true it's horrible yeah i mean it's so. difficult to prove and the more that the years pass and then they still have to prove it i've got an application now we're having to prove all the way since before 2007 because she came before mm -hmm. then through now. Right. It's a lot. Right. It's a lot. Right. That application, I think it's going to go in in a box. So yeah. what I have found with many people is they have a hard time proving mm -hmm. June 15th, 2012, mm -hmm. because if they were going to school, that's summer. Yeah. And they so they weren't in school. And, you know, I've had clients, I've had clients who had, um, maybe they had a debit card or a credit card because you know they've been in high school and I don't know how they actually had one where they could show that they put something in the bank or taken it out or there was some activity of, of buying something those were really the, the easiest to prove another easy one to prove was somebody who was in the hospital on that day yeah giving birth yeah on June 15th, 2012. So that was an easy one. Going to see a doctor. I mean, I'm just giving you ideas yeah. of things that I've seen. It is not that easy to prove it's that you not. were here on that date. It's it really not. isn't. You know, if they went to summer school, like I've mm -hmm. had clients where they were really young. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, very young and maybe just in elementary maybe school. Maybe letters from parents or from doc. I mean, doctors, schools, neighbors. daycare, neighbors, daycare, um, Elementary and, you school. You know, a lot of a lot know, of my students, a lot of my clients, or, yeah, they daycare, were daycare. they were students in or they were you know in elementary school, and the parents had maybe a neighbor or another relative mm -hmm. taking care of them because they didn't they right. didn't go to daycare. Right, right, right. They didn't go yeah. to formal daycare. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, I'm like, okay, well, get me a letter from that person. Yes. Yes. We've had, I've I've got a case like that where we're getting letters to try to help mm -hmm. prove that. It is not easy, it's true. Yeah, and I remember one of the later 
dacas that I did. Mm -hmm. That was before it all stopped, but it was one of the later ones doing it like early 2017. Right. It was really hard to prove that long, long time. And I still got an RFE on that case. Right. An RFE is a request for evidence. Yeah. Wanting and, even more. They wanted more. I can't remember what. We were able to give it to them, but they, they wanted more. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've already talked about some of the pitfalls, but mm -hmm. what other proof do they need to prove okay. to qualify for DACA. Yes. They have to prove that they have graduated from high school mm -hmm. or that they have their GED mm -hmm. or that they were or are in the military somehow, although not, that's a, that's difficult, but maybe military. Also, um, vocational, the vocational, you know, if they study to do, oh, I don't know, air conditioning or right. things like that. Electricians, I say that because like that. I did have a client that yeah. studied air conditioning yeah. Yeah. and we were able to, to use that. And yes. they have to show physical presence. The physical presence, of course, as we said, all the way from the June 15th of 2007 or before to the present. And then being in the United States on the date that they did announce on June 15th of 2012. And they have to show that they don't have any serious crimes. And they have to be admissible. And they have to be admissible to the United States. Yeah. So that, you know, you know, if they have some juvenile issues, that might be okay, depending on what it is. I will tell you that a DWI yeah. is considered, you won't be allowed to get DACA if you have a serious misdemeanor, right. what they call a serious crime, even if it's a misdemeanor. Right. DWI is considered serious so that if you have a DWI, you're not eligible right. for DACA. So anybody who has a criminal history, they or even an arrest, mm -hmm. they really, really, really should consult with an attorney. They must. It really is a must yeah. because things are not, they don't make sense to you. You mm -hmm. know, even somebody who might have had a small possession of marijuana, for example, something that could be waived later to get a green card, perhaps, that might allow you to get DACA, whereas the DWI wouldn't. Right. But the DWI, you could adjust status to permanent residency and be found admissible, probably with one DWI. Right. So it's it doesn't make sense. You it, really need to talk to an you attorney. You really need yes. Seriously, an I mean, we know it. And it can be confusing, but imagine, I mean, and the reason I mentioned what I did was because it shows that it has no rhyme or reason sometimes. Right. It doesn't, it's not what you would say, oh, that's reasonable. It's not really that reasonable. Right. And I yeah. want to talk about physical presence okay. because in my experience, um, I sometimes struggle with my clients bringing mm. me documentation. Yes. Because... You know, I think we have to does, yes. we have to prove from June 15, 2007. And so I need at least probably eight of those nine months to prove that you are physically in right. the United States in 2007, the same thing for 2008, mm -hmm. the same thing for 2009. Right. And on and on and on. And you really do need to prove it. Right. I mean, and, and you tell me, Rosemary, do you do you try to prove every single month of every year? I, I try every other month. Yes, we've done that too. I try every other month or I try something that maybe covers two mm -hmm. or three months and then I kind of alternate with something from maybe, you know, the 
the other month, you know, mm -hmm. in between. I mean, it really is is not easy. Right. And again, I wasn't kidding when I said submitting an application that ends up being, you know, like this big. Right. It's going in a box. Yeah. They're boxes. Boxes. I have filed things <laughs> literally in a box. Yes. You know, like in a FedEx box. Mm -hmm. It was this huge. Yeah, yes. me too. Yes. Me too. Mm -hmm. Because we have to show that physical presence. It's a lot. It's a lot of paper. And you can't do it online. You can't like right. upload it. Not yet. I keep thinking someday we'll be able to. You can no. do some applications on online, but not this one. And so it's a lot of paperwork. You know, the other thing I find is that this just the struggle of finding all this documentation yeah. and USCIS is serious about yeah. wanting this proof. Yeah, they really do. You know, mm -hmm. I've gotten RFEs where they say, well, you didn't prove enough a physical presence for a certain year. Right. And I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, okay, it we, looks good to me. <laughs> but we, you know, we, yeah. we showed five months because mm -hmm. that's all the, the client could produce at the time. Yes. And so I go back and I say, this five months isn't enough. We that's need right. to prove more. Sometimes in cases like that, I've tried to do sworn statements from yeah. them or other people because, you know, it's just filling in those gaps. If they really don't have anything or they were little kids or yeah. their parents, they were kids and their parents didn't save things. Right. So many people are not and, you know, I mean, I think I think my job has turned me into a little bit of a not like a, you know, clinical hoarder, but, but yeah. I feel like I should always be keeping paperwork and stuff yeah. way longer than anybody that I know or anybody in my family thinks I should. I but it's our job. Yeah, it no, makes it like, oh, my gosh. People will say, well, my mom doesn't have all that or, you know, and so we try to find, as you yes. said, family members, people who knew them, who can do sworn statements. You know, School records are very maybe, helpful when you Maybe have even going to the swimming public swimming pool that you went to yes. as a child yes. to see if they had old records from back Seriously, then. Seriously, anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, that's why I mentioned daycare. Not everybody was in daycare. School records. It is really yeah. difficult. It's it really true. is. Yeah. So DACA isn't for everyone, it sounds like. No. It's not. Not everybody is going to qualify. And I think some people, and that's another reason to talk to an attorney, with the criminal issues that we're discussing, the person may be, I mean, I've had everybody ask me this, oh, but I'm turning myself into immigration. Well, yeah. you are. That yeah. is true. They will know about you. So that if for whatever reason, either you're not granted or the program goes away or something, technically somebody would be just by saying, I'm here without papers. They really are deportable from the United States, technically. Yeah. So it does matter to, and you should consult with somebody who knows, and then you need to think about it. Uh, some people, it makes sense if you've got things pending with immigration, well, then it doesn't hurt to have, right, right, you know, right. to be able to apply and maybe eventually get a work permit. If you're waiting, you know, they already know about you, a family member has petitioned for you, you know, there's something right. pending. But with criminal things, that's, again, the other yeah. issue to talk to an attorney about. Yeah. And so DACA gives them a work permit and just says it doesn't give them an actual status, right? Good question. That doesn't. It's not, in fact, considered a lawful status. It prevents you. This is kind of confusing. It prevents you from accruing unlawful presence. So, but if, you know, you've already had like years and years and years of unlawful presence, so it won't stop you from needing a 10-year bar waiver, right. for example, if you need to leave the country and trigger the 10-year bar. That's for another podcast. Yeah, and, and that know, gets very complicated. It, that We're gets not very complicated. No, no, weeks. we won't. But it just shows, you know, that it's not, 
it's not going to give you a status all of a sudden at all. But it will prevent you from at least accruing unlawful presence. And it just keeps you here, basically. And it keeps you, gives you a work permit. They can't deport you, but, but can they take it away, right? Yes. I mean, you know, can you lose it? Yes. Yes, yes. So if you lose it, if they take it away, you could be put in removal proceedings. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we should talk about what would make somebody lose it? Um, or I mean, it's not for another day, probably. But I think, yeah. I think, really, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the DACA mm -hmm. program. And if you end up with a criminal arrest or something, yeah, you could lose DACA you could. there too. So, exactly. So those and are be just placed a in removal of, proceedings. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's something that you really should consult with an attorney about, and especially if you've had an arrest or any. Right, any right. immigration history so, there. So is there any path to getting a green card or citizenship if you have DACA? No, I wish the answer were yes, but the answer is no, unfortunately. At least as of now, there could be perhaps someday um, legislation, a new law. And that was one of the new laws that were pending or proposed laws, right. I should say. And unfortunately, Recently, that didn't. It didn't make it. Right. It didn't make it past. Was it the Senate? It didn't make it past the Senate. Right, right. But if it may be eventually. But now the answer is no. From DACA, you don't get a green card. You know, people who have DACA may qualify for green cards in other ways. Right. Another reason why they should consult with a licensed immigration attorney. But uh, DACA alone, you can't just, it won't get you from DACA to a green card. No. Right, right. Only if you have yeah. other methods over here, exactly. maybe married to a U.S. citizen or something exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly, so, yes. So I have one last question for you. Okay. So I recently saw something, an email uh, from USCIS about a proposed rule making mm. for DACA. What? Yes. What does that mean? What is what is that? What's it's going something. On? I saw that too. We just received that. It's kind of new news. That is, it's good because the Biden administration is now doing what the Supreme Court told the Trump administration that they should have done to terminate it. So now the Biden administration is being very careful. And instead of DACA just being, because you asked me this early and at first yeah. I didn't click what you were asking, <laughs> but when, you know, when it started, it was just a presidential proclamation, even it just kind of said it, you know, a presidential action or whatever, whereas there was no rulemaking. Right. And so now the Biden administration the USCIS under Biden is trying to do that whole rulemaking that the Supreme Court said would be okay. So, you know, even though we don't have a law yet or we don't have a way that they get a green card, I'm I'm really encouraged to see the Biden administration doing that whole rulemaking, putting it in the federal register, letting us make commentary, comments on it, and then really then making it a regulation under the law you know, under the right. statute that, you know, that allows for immigration to do to make regulations. That gives me a lot of hope, Rosemary, because it means that in the future, anyone attacking DACA should not be able to get rid of it because it will be a rule, like a formal rule regulation. And I think it'll be, I, I would be less inclined to think that it would be found to be illegal if there is a regulation right i don't know if it would be found in it yeah what is it like a would it be unconstitutional i don't know so my question mm -hmm. is this they're putting this rule into the federal register 
and they're going to have, uh, usually it's a 60 day public comment period. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they're doing for DACA right now. Yes. Is that Which is my a good thing. That's my Wonderful. understanding. It is yeah. really good. And again, because they're doing it right, like the right way, which is better than the way, you know, Trump just ended it. And of course, basically Obama had announced it. So in a way, you know, it's good that they're going now to, through the, through the rules, you know, or right. through the way that you make a regulation. I think right. it gives more hope for it actually than surviving this. Yeah. You know, and it's something. I mean, I know that my clients would rather have a work permit than be here without a work permit. With a work permit, they can get a driver's license. Yes. They can work clearly. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully it'll give them advanced parole because, you know, just yes. like temporary protected status, that's through the federal register. That's how they're able to Mm -hmm. stay here and people who have temporary protected status are able to stay here and they're able to get a work permit and yes. possibly advanced parole. So mm -hmm. these things are very important yes. to many of our clients. Yes. So the advanced parole is great because under at least DACA for sure. And that's, again, that's a discussion for another day yeah. under TPS because there are dates and all this stuff that are confusing. But for DACA, if you travel on advanced parole, it is considered to be a parole for purposes of later adjusting yeah. status inside the United States if you're married to a U.S. citizen, yeah. for example. And, and it's just, I mean, or if you have a 21 year old U.S. <laughs> citizen child or son or daughter, I should say, and then you traveled on advanced parole with your DACA, you would be able to adjust yeah, status and, here in the United States. And you know, the advanced parole is important because, you know, it's for humanitarian reasons mm -hmm. or for, you know, work or education. Mm -hmm. And so many of these kids who are really no longer kids anymore, really. Right, right. they're young adults, um, yeah. Or even not so young, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm beginning <laughs> but, to think that some of my doctors may have 21-year-old children. I don't know. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. Okay, maybe but, not yet. But in the future. But yes. they haven't seen their grandparents right. in probably since they were very, very, very young. True. So, and their grandparents are aging, yeah. you know? Yes, most of my DACAs who have traveled have gone to see their grandparents. Yeah, You know, too. I also have DACAs that would like to travel for work. Now, if the timing could be done properly, maybe they could get an advanced parole to do, to go on a work trip. You know, but, you that's know, very true because mm -hmm. a lot of them, a lot of my DACA clients have been uh, young professionals. Oh, professional. I was about to say, yes. I was thinking the same thing, even as I said that. So mm -hmm. many of them would like to travel for work. They are professionals. The majority of my DACAs are not just high school graduates. Right. They're college graduates. The majority of them are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for, I guess maybe we should say for the podcast, advanced parole is permission to travel. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we kept saying it and maybe, <laughs> maybe our audience knows, but just in case I wanted yeah. to mention that. Yeah. So Magali, our time is up, but thank you so much. Thank you. This is an honor to get to discuss this. Yeah. Thank so you. if, if anybody has any questions or anything, uh, they can email us at, uh, unite immigrant families at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unite Immigrant Families. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more information about me or my guest, please email me at uniteimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I hope you join us on this bi-weekly podcast. No legal advice was provided and none will ever be provided on this podcast.